I mean, I mean, like, I literally, like, schlepped to find a place that wasn't windy. Because I'm outdoors. If I go to my car, I don't have any reception where the car is parked. And I can't move the car. A, because there's nowhere to put it. And B, because, like, I'm not on the insurance or anything. Like, got, like, Lily, like two days left of this trip. Lily, you have a podcast. I know, which is why I, like, hiked up a mountain. I'm, like, sitting on the side of the road. I know. I just heard a car drive by. That's amazing. Friday Night Movie Podcast, where you join me and my sisters to talk about things that we like, which is mostly movie and television, but we also talk about some other stuff, too. And with that, I welcome my sister, Becky. Becky, how you doing? Wait, I need to ask Becky something right away before I forget. Yeah. And that's Lily. Is Shy, is Shy a candidate to be one of those SMR people that you love? Not for me. No, I don't mean for you, just objectively. That was a very buttery voice. Uh, maybe if, if, if like, buttery is people's thing. I don't, like, smack my lips and whisper about... I've heard some of those ASMR videos, and, like, half of them are just, like, you trying to make an appointment with someone, and that makes me very anxious. Yeah, no, it's, like... like Becky, tell me one about this lady unloading her shopping bag it was amazing just this woman telling you about all the things she buys at the grocery store yeah oh my god i loved it very relaxing my my... you know what it is it's like mundane things that make you sleepy so like sometimes when you're waiting in like a doctor's office for like a hundred years and someone is just checking someone in you're kind of half listening and then you get sleepier and sleepier and you just kind of like fall asleep in the chair waiting for your turn it's like that kind of stuff too how many times have you i can't tell you how many times i have gone full snoring in a doctor's office in my lifetime really waiting for oh yeah like they'll just like i'll just be like head back gagging so it's like the what it's like the background noise you might hear in like a public space that like lulls you to sleep. My my equivalent of ASMR is the what culture wrestling uh, video vignettes with these British guys who talk about wrestling. Just they they give like a, not even weekly they put out like three or four videos a day, and it just immediately knocks me out. Lily, what did I tell you? I said I am the I am to ASMR videos, which I is to wrestling videos. (laughs) You did say that. That was actually something you did say. Well, speaking of videos, this was a big week because Disney had its big Disney 23. I don't even know why it's called that. Like there are certain things where I don't know what other people do know the answer, but I'm just not going to research because I'm confident people who need to know already know, but they're having their big thing this week of which there has been a major cloud over it because of, the Spider-Man issue, which we'll get to in a moment. But more importantly, they have released the Mandalorian trailer. And I was just doing a little bit of internet research, and I was on this dude, Mike Zero's webpage. Yeah, Mike. Well, his name is Mike Zero. uh, YouTube subscription place, page Z-E-R-O-H. I mean, the guy's got 139,000 views since yesterday. And so Mike Zero reports that Star Wars has delayed the 
Rise of Skywalker trailer to focus on the Mandalorian trailer. So I'm adding that as extra context to the Mandalorian trailer, which is the new show on the Disney Plus service that people are hyping up. John Favreau did the pilot, and as I think he's overseeing it, and it tracks a bounty hunter who wears a Mandalorian outfit, which is essentially like a Boba Fett-type outfit. And there's a lot of shooting and stuff about bounty hunting in the commercial. And I believe years ago, many years ago, they when they were talking about doing a Star Wars live-action show, they were talking about doing something focused on the underworld. So I do wonder if this is this is the logical continuation of that. Anyways, Lily and Becky, have you seen the Mandalorian trailer? No. No, I feel like you didn't text it to me, so I wouldn't L- have known. Lily 100% sent it to us. When? Lily, didn't you send it? Uh, um, or may- I did. I did send it, and you wrote back, we must discuss this. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so watch it quickly? Yeah, I mean, watch it while Lily starts. Yeah, you can wa- yeah, wa- okay, this. watch it. Watch no it. I mean, it makes no sense to me. So uh, I don't so know. So what do you think it's, it's about? What is your pitch imperfect? for the Mandalorian Lily. Oh my God. I could not, I literally could not tell you. It looked like there was like some kind of samurai sword robot in the trailer. That looked interesting. I, are you talking about IG 88? The, the tall skinny robot that was in empire strikes back. That was an interesting part of the trailer. That was an interesting part. There was a young mother cuddling a daughter slash younger sister that looked interesting and maybe sad. Don't know if that's any sort of character in the show. Um, the bounty hunter character looked cool. I think um, Pascal, what's his name? Um, from Oberyn. Let's just call him Oberyn forever. Um, oh. I think, is he in it? I feel like he's promoting it a lot on his Instagram. So Is he? I thought, I th- oh, really? I thought maybe Diego Luna was going to appear in it. Wouldn't that not make sense since he's a character in the... The Rogue One, right? Oh, yeah, but I I thought maybe this, depending on when this takes place, depending on when this takes place. I don't know when this takes place. Like, exactly. Like, in my head, I'm like, it's it's a, at this point, this, this trailer's too vague for me. Like, at this point, it's gonna be my, my my, my my god, guys, how are you not talking about the fact that Werner Herzog is in this and he's the one that says bounty hunting is a complicated profession? Wait, that was Werner Herzog? I thought it was, I totally thought it was Stellan Starsgard. No, it's Werner Herzog, like super famous documentary filmmaker that like pops up in all sorts of random stuff as the creepy guy, and he's the villain apparently. Oh my god, that's amazing! I need to see this. That's gonna be amazing. Okay, so it's Becky, what so is random. your what is your pitch imperfect about what this is about? Obviously, so he's a bounty hunter, right? So we know that. So who's hiring him? Who's paying him? And it has to do with somebody trying to kill stormtroopers, and he's being, you know, he's obviously has to do something with, uh, like, I, I don't, I don't think the bounty hunter is going to be either a good guy or a bad guy. Maybe a bad good guy, whoever we're, or the Mandalorian, whoever we're following here, or maybe it's multiple bounty hunters. I don't know the answer to that, but obviously someone is paying them, whether it's for like good or bad reasons or whatever it is, to um, track down and kill stormtroopers or track down and kill um, em- uh, where are they? The Empire people, whatever the bad guys. You know. No, the bounty hunter. I mean, maybe I don't know. It's it's to me, it is a little bit of a Clint Eastwood vibe, like the man with no name, like the Mandalorian doesn't take his hat off. 
Um, but it also, to yeah. me, my issue with this in general is they've basically made a show out of a costume that people think is really cool. Well, and I'm going to have a hard time signing on to this. Oh, yeah. Show, shows Still? have been made for less. No, no. <laughs> for, that's true. One. Also, but if we don't see behind the costume and learn who the character is and get their character development, it won't hold. It doesn't matter how cool the rest of the world is. You need to be behind a character, even if they're not a total good guy, even if they're like a bad good guy or complicated hero that you're following or they're part of like you still need to be invested in someone. So we'll have to we'll have to get behind the costume in order for this, I think, for it to to hold. But um, I could see them playing into the mystery of what is behind the costume. Also, how do we know it's just one person? I don't know, but is Mark Herzog the bad guy, or okay, is the Mandalorian is Pascal? Is Oberyn is the Mandalorian? <gasps> oh my God, guys, this is going to be so good. Oh, he if is. Oh, now good. I'm going to like this. Here I am kvetching about it, but I'm like, yeah, you're going to like it if it has him. And plus, like, you put Herzog in him, like that's going to be weird. I literally, you know? when you keep yeah. saying Herzog, I keep thinking of Baron de Herzog. Kosher wine. I have That's no idea who you're is, talking right? about. right? I mean, I didn't Google it. I just saw, I heard the voice. As soon as I heard the voice, I go, oh, that's Werner Herzog's voice. Well, okay. So I another mean, show. He's supposed, I think he's only in one episode. So I don't know if he's like the main bad oh, guy villain. Might be a cat. Like, but that's enough to hook me in. Another show that is going to happen that they announced is that Ewan McGregor is going to reprise Hi. his role as Obi-Wan yeah, in an Obi-Wan fair. Kenobi show. Now that, that is what the galaxy needed. Was opinion. he a good Obi Wan? Let's yes, just stop for a second. He, he is. Was he? Yes. In fact, as, aside from the really? original Obi Wan, all of the later Obi Wan work, like that they've done in the animated series, which has been really, really good, the expansion of his story has all been based on the Ewan McGregor portrayal. I think he's terrific as Obi Wan, and I think if they give him a series and they can really dive deep into that character, and they can. Hopefully, hopefully, we'll learn a little bit more about him in The Rise of Skywalker or something like that. And we'll be able to really explore what the heck Obi-Wan was doing all those years. I mean, you're talking about one of the top Jedis. Yeah, yeah. I just was curious if you thought that Ewan was a good choice. And I'm did, ready for back. I miss him. Where's he been lately? You know. Yeah, it's it's the one of all of the different spinoffs and nonsense they've made. This is the one fans have actually wanted. So I'm glad they got this. No question. This Are these done. things going to be all streaming on the Disney Channel, Ch- yeah. Disney Plus service? On, Dis- on Disney Plus, okay, which we so should I- just call the Disney Channel. I think <laughs> I think we should stop calling. They deserve it. They deserve it. So um, now between Mandalorian and an Obi Wan show, but definitely just from the Mandalorian preview. I would subscribe to it just to see this because if it has Pascal and Herzog showing up in the first one, I would I would like get in on the first season to see what it's about. So the so, Man- they- so the Mandalorian to me the show the concept everything like just irritates me. I've I have never actually to me Star Wars is always about the struggle between good and evil. All the times they try to make things cool by these like gray characters, it just doesn't work for me as much. So I'm not as excited, but you telling me your Pedro Pascal argument is a big argument for me to be into it. But Obi-Wan, 100% on board. 100%. Yeah, right. Lily Lily, what? I you had me at Oberyn. I don't know what the oh, okay. and that ninja, tall ninja robot. 
Like, whatever. <laughs> I also think the line. I also think bounty hunting is a complicated business. To me, that implies that the show will be about a struggle between good and evil. That it's not just about being paid for a job and executing it. That so, it's going to have some sort of like but, more. Complex- you know, I, I wonder. I wonder by the end of this. Um, can you guys hear me? Yeah. I wonder if by the end of this season or whatever, we're going to be sitting here saying, did this need to be a Star Wars product? Like, is it just like, if it could just be a story, you know, like how much of the riding on the coattails of Boba Fett and the costume well, that's and Stormtroopers is it. necessary here? That's how they're getting people well, to watch it. So like, no, it's right. probably well, like, Star I Wars hope, I hope, that they're making, getting people to buy into well, their I hope, I hope they make good content and not just ride on the laurels but, of like the entire Star Wars franchise, which dude, is just, like what The Last that, Jedi was. Don't you trust that if it's Favreau's like EPing this or something? Don't you trust that if he's doing it, he'll have no. some like fanboy integrity or no? No, not really. I, I trust Favreau. I would say... I, Favreau is in the group of directors I trust not to ruin things. Like he he's not JJ Abrams level, but he is someone who has respect for the content. You know, especially with the work he's done in the Marvel universe. Now, I feel talk- like he has a clout to be able to. I, I, I mean, fight for JJ. JJ Abrams could like parent my kid, but like I'd pretty much let him do. You know, be like father figure. Like this guy, he can do anything. Favreau, sure, but I feel like he is really, I, I, he's great, but he's also by the book. Like, I feel like when I'm reading article after article saying that The Lion King is basically shot for shot the cartoon and uh, they didn't take any risks and didn't do anything different, whereas Aladdin, I thought, was the opposite of that. I'm like, oh, whatever. He just can make a pretty movie. You know, he, he plays it safe. Oh, well. Well, I guess it remains to be seen. Well, speaking of his connection to the Marvel Universe, we had another big controversy this week. Spider-Man, which is owned by Sony. I'm just going to explain this to you. The film rights to Spider-Man are owned by Sony. How, wait, can I just ask, like, how many... Is it, like, is Becky with me? Or, like, how many people really care about this? It's like, the Amazon is on fire. Um, the world is ending. But, like, it's... I, I just need to know... People care more about this than the Amazon being on fire. I'm not... Well, hold on. I'm not Is as this wor- really that big of a deal? I'm not as worked up about this. about this. It's quite I'm not as worked up about this as I am, let's say, about The Last Jedi. Oh, God. Yes. We know. I was going to ask you if you were going to boycott the New York Times because they put it on the top 50 best movies on Netflix. <laughs> oh. I was like, oh, oh no. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. And uh, I think that, I think in the end, it's just a bummer for the fans. I, I think that Disney went gangster by trying to ask for 50%. But there, there has to be a deal that can be made that can make both parties quite successful, and that will enrich the narratives of both stories. So you, let's let's you all sum up, like, is it? It's sort of like, is this right or wrong? There's Sony who can't make content for the life of it. Oh, and they I just mean, happen to have the rights. Just wait. They happen to have the rights of this new amazing version or this character that has been created in this new great version that's successful and popular with Tom Holland. But technically, allowing him to participate is up to Disney. And they screwed the pooch on the fact that they tried to ask for more. And then Sony was like, fuck you guys. We don't need you. 
although we don't know how to make a movie to save her life, we own this amazing character and you're going to come and, and do what you need to get it. And, and, and Disney appears greedy and stupid, but Kevin Smith says that they're not, so ever, so we should just believe Kevin Smith. So first of all, so I, I, I often believe Kevin Smith. Well, the story is this, is that <laughs> Disney essentially made Sony, I wouldn't say a billion dollars, but a lot of money on the box office for which they only got, the Marvel Studios or whatever, only got 5%. They decided that since Spider-Man's about to helm the whole second half of the MCU or the next end, you know, phase of the MCU, that they were going to that they were going to try to get a better deal, and they asked essentially for half of the box office to make it simple. And Sony said, "Forget this." And and, and to be fair, they were they were gonna do half of the expenses too, the production expenses. Yeah, Marvel. I, I'm pretty sure Marvel and Disney paid for the movie to get made. Like the, Sony got an, an unbelievably sweet deal so they could use Spider-Man. It ended up a huge success. Sony and Disney, uh, Disney and Marvel wanted more money. And Disney and Marvel kind of went in like super heavy. And Sony just called their bluff essentially. But Sony does not have the capability of making a good movie with this. And so what yeah. would be really nice is if they would all just come to an agreement with their piles of money and make more yeah. money. But part of this also requires Sony to understand that they can't make a good movie. And I don't think that they un will understand that until they go and make a movie without Disney and it turns well, into a big, look, you know, steaming pile of shit. Sony made the Spider-Verse. they have. So we are big yeah. Spider-Verse lovers. Now, that was made entirely by Sony as far as I understand, although unofficially. That was 100% an accident. Like, that <laughs> well, was I for one sure of the reasons it worked out is because. It was happening so chaotically that there wasn't really enough time for good oversight. And so artists just got to go like wild and do whatever they want. So like the reason it worked out well is because there wasn't really anyone like properly overseeing it. That's like one of the things I've oh, read. Oh, so Sony will ruin it when they make That's the next like, one. Like the rumor being that the reason it was good is because they didn't have a good did they didn't have good control over it and the artists were just kind of like able to like make what was ever in their minds and go totally wild and they were like well i guess we have to get this out now but like that was like that's the things i've like read and some rumors well, you hear that, that makes sense because they weren't that, in control that makes but sense. Since they're in control it's garbage that makes sense because the first two sam raimi spider-man movies are pretty good i mean they're not perfect they have kirsten dunst in them but even though they have her in them they overcome that yeah, but in like retrospect, you go back and you watch them, and you're like, "Are they that good?" Well, they're they're good. They're good, but the third one, where the studio got totally involved I, and ruined. I it. feel like I feel like they, we thought they were good because we had nothing to compare them to. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> they were good at the time because it was like it was new, not because they're that good. Okay. Maybe the first one. Maybe the first one. Definitely not the second one. So, Lily and Becky, will you keep watching Marvel movies if Spider-Man isn't in them? I'm not as... What would I have to... What I have to... How if would I start I, if, watching if Taika, Marvel movies? If Taika Waititi is directing them, I oh, will watch them. But if he's not directing them and there's no Spider-Man, you're losing me. He can also raise my children. I love that guy. He's he Jewish. So he really can. He, he really? is Jewish. Yeah, yeah, he's he's Polynesian Jewish. Jewish. He's Polynesian yeah. Jewish. No kidding. Yeah, talk yeah. about his, his, yeah, his mom is Jewish, right? Mm -hmm. Or his yeah. dad, one of his parents. Okay. Was, and he's Polynesian. And he's super cool. Wait, I need a snack. So you guys keep talking. I'll be right back. All right. Well, 
Dad, one of our great listeners and influences, sent us an article that had the top 50 movies, according to the New York Times, available on Netflix right now. And I was going to just go through some of the list and I'm just just tell me if it if it is a top movie, not that the top movies on Netflix. We all know Netflix is a garbage dump. So these might be the best movies on Netflix right now. But are these really and, and that's what the article says, the best movies on Netflix right now. But would you qualify any of these movies as, quote unquote, best movies? OK, but that's the thing is like you have to be careful. That article is not calling these movies top movies. They're calling or are they? They're saying, like, if you had a pile of shit, what's the nicest part of that pile? I guess they I guess they are saying that, but they say we mentioned 50 more great movies on Netflix within... Okay, so yeah. So 50, okay, no, they're calling these movies great. So that's on them. They're calling these movies great. Okay, so I'm going to just start rattling off the list, and you tell me, you tell me by rent or meh, okay? This is like super speed by rent or meh, all right? Okay, done. Are you taking notes? No. I'm going to take notes. I'm going to have to answer. Yeah, okay. I'm in a field. All right. Everybody who's listening, play at home. The Dark Knight. Bye. Hi. Meh. Yeah, I do. I think that movie is. I think that I think The Dark Knight, not Batman Begins. I think The Dark Knight is the most overrated superhero of all time. I think, uh, I mean, I'm going to say this will upset people. Heath Ledger's Joker is fine, but Mark Hamill's Joker. Great. Mark Hamill's Joker is. It's a cartoon, Shy. He does a voiceover for a cartoon. Oh, no. Or is he in the. No, no, no. You're right. Cartoon? Mark Hamill is the voice of the Joker, but I'm just saying that everyone makes a big deal it's about not the Heath same. We're not going fast. We're officially not going okay, fast. Okay, Coco. Bye. 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 Star Wars The Last Jedi. Meh. Bye. Bleh. 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 Okay, some Shout movie, some movie by the Coen Brothers. New York Times. You know they do. They, you know, there really is fake news. Sorry, that's fake news. That's <laughs> ridiculous. The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Lebecky, nah. like what? No one's ever heard of that movie. What is I that hated, movie? Nah. It's Just the Coen Brothers, right? And I hated it. It's like the first Coen Brothers thing I've seen that I can't stand. Really? Wow. Okay. Uh, there's a, there's a, there's a few Coen Brothers. Stink bonds. Right. They're out there. Well, no, just Jack, that one. Jack, yeah, no, I'm I'm fifty fifty on the Coen Brothers movies. Jackie no, Brown. Oh, the the Tom Hanks one is terrible. The like, the guy that steals. Oh, oh, we're not, we're not going fast. Small time crooks. That movie is so bad. Guys, that's Coen Brothers. I do Dream. really like Tom Hanks's accent in that movie. All right, Jackie Brown. Never Bye. seen it. Bye. Love Jackie Brown. Love Jackie. Never Brown. seen it. In Man. fact, I recently I just bought it. If it was that good, I would have seen it. Cloudy with a chance of meatballs. Who gives Man. a shit? That's that title's too going long in. for a movie. No. It's an it's an animated movie that a lot of people like that I've seen that I'm not that into, but Bruce Campbell is a voice in it, so it's at least a rent for me. Okay, but it's so obvious that Netflix like doesn't have any like they can't get good animated features. Like they no longer have any Disney on there because because that's what they had to put on besides Coco, who they still have currently, but they'll lose eventually. All right, Gra- Groundhog Day. Oh, bye, 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 a hundred times over. Bye. That's true. Yeah, that's an incredible movie. Okay, so how many buys do we have right now? Maybe three out of ten. Four out of ten? Okay. Moonlight, which I actually have not seen yet, but I hear is terrific. Oh. What? 
Oh no, sorry. I <laughs> Moonstruck? You thought I was talking about Moonstruck? Yes. I stare? I've seen that. I haven't seen it. I had to be like, definitely seen Moonstruck. Moonlight, um, not Moonstruck. So here's about Moonlight. For me, it's a two-thirds buy, one-third meh. Oh, okay. So it's like a rent. It's like three stories. The first two stories are bye-bye. The last one is like, really? That's how we're ending this? Okay. Meh. Okay, but we all agree that we would buy Moonstruck. Yes, we would all buy Moonstruck. That's the one where Nicolas Cage is like a hook hand? And he has like one hand and he falls in love with Cher and yeah. Mm -hmm. And Cher's like got... Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's a cool movie. All right. Share. Share. I'm pretty sure she won an Oscar for that movie. Yeah, maybe, yeah. All all the president's men. Sure, whatever. Rent? Because I haven't seen it yet. So that's, I feel like that's one of these great movies that none of us have, I've never, I I know it's great. It's Redford and Dustin Hoffman. I've never watched the whole thing. Let's rent it. I've I've not watched the whole thing. That's the that's my issue. So I've never it. seen it. I would rent it. I don't know that I'd outright just buy it. That's fair. Okay, Raiders of the Lost Ark. I think is a buy. I obviously buy. Taxi yeah. Driver. That is a bleh for me. I do not like that movie at all. Uh-uh. Not a huge fan. It's like I get it in theory, but I don't need to own it or see it out of university. <laughs> Becky, as a film person. Explain to me what is good about Taxi Driver. Because never, I, never seen it. Oh, never really? seen it. So I, I need you to see it because... Maybe you know, I'm pretty sure you should not admit that. <laughs> I'm, you know what? I have so many lies to keep track of right now. I'm not lying about what movies I've seen anymore. Oh. I have just too many <laughs> lies to keep say, track of. I will say I saw an interview, though, quick, a little uh, thing here, um, a, a, with Leonardo DiCaprio, Brad Pitt, and Margot Robbie. And the interviewer was asking what, like, famous Hollywood film had they not seen that, like, they were supposed to have seen. And um, Brad Pitt goes, gone, like, Brad Pitt says, Gone with the Wind. And everybody's like, what? Like, how could you not see that? And, and he's like, you know what? I've made it this far. I'm good. <laughs> I, don't need, I, don't, I don't need to see that movie. He wasn't like, I know. I should see it. He was like, no. But- I've made it this far. I'm going to go all the way. I'm going all the I way. I'm not watching that movie. download Taxi Driver onto my phone from Netflix download, and I kept it there and then never watched it. So I did come. Why would you watch that movie on your phone? I, I would like Becky to watch that movie and explain to me as a filmmaker what the significance of that movie is. Okay, next on the list from 1975. I feel like we're, we're performing a real service for people by reading this list to them. Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Oh, that is really funny, though. It's classic. It's funny. Like, but I think Life of Brian is funnier. I'm, I'm with you. Life of Brian person. So for me, I'd probably rent Holy Grail and buy Life of Brian. Oh, so it looks like Life of Brian is on. Is there also? To me, I think Life of Brian is like a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant yeah. movie. Really subversive. Really funny. And that yeah. that's a better one. Yeah, I agree. Note to self. I'll be writing that down. You're also only reading this for like you American fans, not for Canadians or Spaniards. Okay. So I'm going to just, because... I'm going to knock out a few movies in a row that I'm not sure any of us want to see. Roma, the third man. Hey, I saw Roma. Which one's the third man? That's from 1950. No, uh, I saw Roma. Oh, okay. First half mess. Second half. Wait, didn't you fall asleep? Yeah, no, I literally, the first half is so boring. I fell asleep, woke up, left the theater, went home. And then two weeks later, finished watching it on Netflix because I felt like I should. And that second half is incredible. But the first half is so boring. (laughs) How about this one? 
the original Gremlins. Oh, I just recently rewatched. Why? I rewatched a few years ago. How crazy is that movie? That, that movie is insane for wild. sure. Why? It is so dark and weird, and it would like never get made now. It's like so. It is. It is the definition of horror comedy. I never realized yeah. what. Uh, how Way twisted scarier that than, the first, than the second one. Way grosser and creepier and scarier than the than the second one. Definitely buy. All right, now I'll knock out a few more. Boyhood, The Witch, and Pulp Fiction. Pulp, the Pulp. Witch is the worst. The Witch is the worst movie I've ever seen. Really? So the worst movie you've ever that? seen? Yeah, it's up there. With it's it's so good luck if you want to watch it. I'm curious what you think. It's the worst. I mean, um, I feel like this is a Pulp public Fiction service we are providing people right now. Um, Pulp Fiction is amazing, and Boyhood was cool to watch it once. It's like a feat of cinema, like what they did, made over twelve years, right? And I thought that was very interesting and has a lot of beauty to it. But I could watch it once, and that's it. That's what I right. feel like with Boyhood. I've heard people talk about it so much. I don't need to see it. I can just talk about it as if I've seen it because it's all people talked about for like three months when it came out. So. Okay. Yeah. I have no interest. I mean, Pulp, seeing that. Pulp Fiction's a buy. I own it. I love it. I have no interest in those other movies. Okay. Here's one with Emma Roberts called The Black Coat's Daughter. And then they've got Room with Brie Larson for which she won an Oscar. And then they've got something called Private Life that's got Catherine Hahn and Paul Giamatti. Oh yeah, that I'd really want to see. I would that totally rent really, that. I would very rent. De- that looks very depressing. Listen, right? I don't mean to knock. I don't mean to knock Emma Roberts. She seems like a very sweet girl, but if you tell me she's in a movie, I'm probably gonna assume it's not good. Oh, I like Emma Roberts. I, I feel like she. Too. I feel like she not, doesn't not look like a sweet, sweet girl, even though I like her. I think she's great. She does not give sweet girl vibes. She's like, no, my family's famous. I, I'm gorgeous. Fuck you, people. That's the vibe I get from her. But I like her. Emma Roberts gets cast in in a lot of movies that are, like, bad to mediocre. And so based on her track record, if I saw, oh, Emma Roberts is in a movie, I'll skip it. She seems nice, but I don't think it's going to be a good movie. Okay. All right. I'll keep keep going here. In Bruges. Oh, that's awesome. That's great. That's a super cool movie. That's a great movie. My solid rent. Although that that guy made Seven Psychopaths, which I liked a lot more. He's pretty good. Mm-hmm. All right. Now we've got something called My Happy Family about a Georgian woman who, I don't know, this looks very depressing, um, about a lady who moves out of her family's house. Then Blackfish, which I know you're a big fan of. Um, oh, yeah. That's a good buy. That's inten- a good buy. Yeah. Intense movie. That's a good, like, bandwagon movie. You don't have to see it, but you can still, like, get behind it. It's very traumatic. (laughs) Only time time in eight years, ten years that I've known him, I've seen him cry was when he watched that movie. A bandwagon movie. What a great term, Beck. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Something called a separation. Oh, what's that one? Oh, it, that, uh, that like won an film? Oscar. It, it, won, it won an Oscar. They are Iranian, uh, Iraqi. Yeah, Iranian. Really Iranian. That is really good. That's, Iranian. That's totally worth seeing. Right. Yeah. Bonnie and Clyde. I've seen that. That's all right. That's a that's a yeah, rent for me. Okay. I feel like I I've, I've read a lot about the historical inaccuracies and I'm not really. Sure. So, so now no, we're no. getting into a stretch because the New York Times has just rist- ri- listed Justin Timberlake and the Tennessee Kids, a an actual like just live video of one of his concerts. 
Oh, God. And they I were like, shit, you. 50, it's a nice round number. We can't put 47. I'm, I'm <laughs> Timberlake up in there. The actual concert I went to of his. So I don't think I'm going to then be persuaded to watch one on video. So I'm, I'm skipping around the list now, but there's one called 13th, which in my view, if 13th is going to be on this, Ava DuVernay, brilliant movie. I've seen it. Terrific. I personally thought The Return was a more personalized and intense film, and Becky was one of the producers on that film. And We're just not famous as Ava DuVernay, so, you know. I mean, you're not as famous. I mean, look, The 13th, 13th is a powerful movie, and it taught, and I learned a lot from it. But The Return, which is also streaming on Netflix, right, Beck? So, uh, not anymore, uh, is it? Well, when it was. My point is The Return, to me, put a much more individual face on a different angle on a similar story about mass incarceration and I, the 13th yeah. was more powerful to me sorry no mm-hmm. I'm uh, the return uh, deliverance Becky didn't you watch that at a sleepover once or something like Fuck that? that movie I never need to see it no one ever needs to see that movie that is not a movie people need to see no thank you meh 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 I hate that movie and I don't Wait, know but didn't one of you watch it on like a at like a yeah, sleepover I was 10 years old and mom and Anucha were going out for like a girl's night. And so Alan Pinchuk was babysitting me and Brandon. And we went to the video store to rent movies. And Brandon and I picked out Richie Rich because we were like 10 to watch with Macaulay Culkin. Great oh, I movie. like that movie. And, that movie's underrated. And Alan Pinchuk's like, oh, this is a really great movie too. You guys should watch this. And then he put Deliverance on for us. Because he didn't remember what the movie was actually about. And there, Brandon and I That's sit watching horrified. Did he think it was like a comedy? Like He didn't remember. He was like, oh, this is like an adventure movie about guys going on a canoe trip or was something. It, wasn't there that canoe comedy? like uh, Without a paddle. Without a paddle, yeah. <laughs> Do you think it was that? I don't know. He that, like, that's way he, later. Right. So there's a bunch of classics. There's a bunch of classics they go through, like Schindler's List and Platoon, great movies. But then there's a gem that I think people should check out, 20th Century Women, I thought was a terrific oh, movie. So good. The movie is Did so you? Oh, that's that a huge buy. You always have a, a curveball. That's a huge buy, yeah. I, I love that director so much. Have you seen Beginnings, his first movie? Beginners. Yeah. Beginners. Uh, beginners. Beginners. It's um, really, it's really... about his dad and 20th Century Woman. Women is about his mom and his upbringing. Yeah, I highly recommend Beginners. Yeah. So okay, I'll leave it. I'll leave. People can go and look at the rest of the list um, because it gets a little more sort of typical. Although for Allie, you should know that number 50 on the list is the original Magic Mike. Oh, and I will say I'm looking here. Winter's Bone is on it. Winter's Bone is like really, I lo- I truly love that movie. That is a huge buy for me. That is like one of the movies where I became obsessed with John Hawks is in that movie. Um, it is so good. If you ever like wonder like, is Jennifer Lawrence that good of an actor? Watch this movie. She really, really is. That's awesome. Um, and it's it's so good. Um, anyway, I I think that's always worth watching. That's great. All right. So there, everybody, are Netflix picks from this bizarre list from the New York Times. And thank you, Dad, for sending it to us. Dad always uh, Dad always is staying on top of cool movie things for us. All right. Now, the big show we watched that we're going to break down is The Boys. We all finished the first season. And let's just go with overall reactions to this show, Beck. I, despite its 
it's the the it's failings in certain places. I thought it was totally watchable, super fun and engaging, um, and something that my husband was willing to watch with me. So it gets like massive bonus points that like wasn't an HBO drama. So, you know, I was very excited. Um, yeah, I I honestly I I really I don't think it's a perfect show. There's definitely some problems with it, but it was really fun. Okay, cool. All and right. I watched season two. We'll break that down in a moment, Lily. You're on mute, Lily. Sorry, I I thought that that was I thought it was a lot of fun. By no means perfect, like Becky said, but it was a lot of fun. Again, something I could watch with my husband that I wasn't terrified to see, and it was. Um, and it had enough. Yeah, it it had great. enough serious gore that your husband probably was happy. Oh yeah, he was. He was like, "This is." It's just like my base limit of what I'm consider is right. appropriate were, amount of gore. Right. At least one yeah. person's head gets like mangled it's or burned. Exploded. In, yeah. In, in, um, in, in I'll, very I'll say breath. that like I love all the actors. So that like there's no I like all the characters, like all the actors. The story sometimes, you know, I think they need to tighten it up a bit. But besides, it's a bit like a, there's a lot of points that where it's a little bit repetitive. You know, in, but, but I love the characters and the ones that do evolve are great. And I love the actors. Um, I love the, the actor that, from Banshee, the guy that plays Homelander. He's fantastic. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I think it was a lot of fun. And I'm excited to see a second season. Uh, are we going to do spoilers or just warn people that there's spoilers? Yeah, okay. Time for spoilers. The Boys. It's a show about what if superheroes were real and the military industrial complex that would be around them and the politics around them. And it stars Elizabeth Shue, Anthony Starr, Carl Urban, uh, Jack Quaid, the son of Meg Ryan, and Dennis Quaid, as he should be referred to at all times, as well as uh, a really um, an actress that I was not familiar with, but Aaron Moriarty, who plays Starlight, which who is, I think, she's good. She ha- She has to be very good for that show to work. Mm-hmm. And um, a few other few, few other cool cool actors, and so yeah. All right, it's spoiler time. Um, why don't we start? I'm, I'm we... super sad. Well, I'm just super sad that Elizabeth Shue's not going to be in it anymore. But hold on, it, it means she's free for Karate Kid. Yeah, I mean she's free for Cobra Kai. He's huge, and and it means she has a quote for doing a streaming series. Yeah. She's like she's back in the game. She's letting us know she's she's here. I I also like I don't know if anybody picked up on this. I love how they make reference to the the fact that she quit acting to play tennis. And when she's having like the conversation, she's having a conversation with somebody, and they're like, "All right, something something about your tennis arms." They make reference to it. I thought that was really funny. But oh. I guess you have to be a huge Elizabeth Shue fan like myself to know that to notice. Did that. she quit acting to play tennis professionally? Not professionally, just to, like, dedicate her life to tennis. Well, yeah. it helped her because she, you know what? She looks amazing, and she doesn't look she like... She does look amazing. Um, she does she look great. And she doesn't look, quote-unquote, young. Like, she looks whatever her age is, but she looks fantastic. Yeah, she is gorge. Like, to me, I'd love to see her in more stuff because I actually think she was really, really... Accom- One of the things the show did really, really well that I liked is that 
they twist the angle. It was almost like you were looking at a funhouse mirror on each character at any given moment, and you'd think that one of them was totally bad, and then they'd shift the angle a little bit, and you'd be like, oh, they're not as bad as this other person, and they shift the angle again, and you're like, oh, no, they're terrible. And I think they did that great with her character because they lead you to believe often that she is really the evil behind a lot of what's happening, and what they really bring you in is that she is a corporate animal, but she's not trying to do things like make terrorist superheroes in order to justify her existence. That was stuff that it appeared... you thought that was a hundred percent her. Right, exactly. Like right, you definitely her. did. Yeah. They but definitely there, people ha- like there's a hard line for these characters, even if they're bad guys, which you don't often see. The only one who really doesn't have a hard line yet is Homelander, who has a crazy. He's pretty sure he's psychotic. Yeah, he has a a psychopath. He's a god complex, and what they reveal later in the show, of course, is that these guys were not, you know, born the way the X Men were born, but they were engineered, and that he, in particular, was raised in a lab setting, and is there. And and what they talk about is that he was. There's a really interesting question about nature and nurture right how you can engineer how he was engineered to be the superhuman but he was raised essentially by scientists who were just treating him like an animal and as a result as the scientist who who he tracks down and talks to at one point reveals he became a kind of crazy evil animal as a result yeah i mean like there was no parent mother figure Right. And the right. people didn't treat him. You don't have to be raised by right. a parent to be a good person. A woman. They didn't. Yeah. Or, or like well, like, well, the, like the old loving. The old guy from like the obviously the guy that like retired that was uh, like one of the scientists. He says our biggest mistake was raising you in a lab. And as soon as he said that, I was like, oh, no, no, no. They're now they're trying to do Homelander 2.0. Right. Like, it's so clear they realize the mistake they made with him, and they're going to try and make a better version of him. Who's going to have the same powers as Homeland, but raised by a mom, like, raised conventionally? Right. So, like, immediately, like, that was the the Um, test. Can I I ask a question? Mm Mm-hmm. I am sure, I know that it's obviously for plot issues, like, obviously to, to, for the story, but I just, I find it's too much of a plot hole unless there's a good explanation why would Homelander save Butcher at the end? Oh, to punish why him. Why does he... To punish him. He saved Butcher okay. so that Butcher could see not only... Because, right, Butcher... Oh, they have a child together and, but, but on and top, that she's alive and, and all that. Yeah, like, on top of that, like, Butcher's right. operating under this, you know, this, this driven, crazy element of revenge. Homelander raped... And then either killed or kidnapped his wife, who loved him. And the reality is that she willingly had an affair with Homelander. And did she? Did she though? I'm not convinced she willingly had an affair. No, I. I I, had an affair. I think she was raped. I think she was the baby. Yeah. Is that video? I don't think Homelander. I don't think Homelander was lying. I think Homelander. I think when Homelander says that she she came on to him, I think that's part of the reveal at the end. Because if she really loved Billy, oh, then she oh, would. I never, I did not pick up on that. Yeah, I, when I, she, the video of her walking out of that office, she looks so distraught. But you think it's because she feels guilty? Like she can't believe she did that, as opposed to us thinking yeah. that she was raped. Yeah, exactly. She oh, was in there for yeah. Because huh? Homelander, Homelander, I mean, he lies at different times, but he makes a point of saying that. 
that he that she came on to him, right? Which he didn't need to say. But to me, that's what flips all this on its head. Oh, which it is, could it could be him just covering it up. The yeah, which is that the the wife cheated on him, accidentally got pregnant, which and, is more interesting. And then and has um, been hiding great. from. Him. She could have told him that. Well. She, Right, I guess it, that would make it more plausible. Oh, no, I don't she, think like, he had a choice. Then she gets holed up with like this. I, I also, but I guess Becky's right. Like she could easily have not had a choice to like, well, we'll kill you or we'll kill Butcher if you don't hide away and raise this child because they're evil. Yeah. So she could have had no choice to save Butcher. She disappeared. Maybe, maybe, but the face she made to him looked like a little bit of like, a, "Ooh, I'm so sorry, I hurt your feelings," and less. So that'll be interesting to see because like, I think what the, her think angle Butcher, is. It's her sister too that thinks she's dead. Yeah, but I think oh, the her punishment. Mom and, like, her whole life. I think the punishment to Butcher is not just oh your wife's alive and we kidnapped her right because then it would just be that she's been kidnapped right because he said she's either dead and kidnapped and she was raped and what could be more painful for Butcher to find out than she cheated on him, she had a baby with this guy. And she's hiding and not telling him where she is while his life basically goes down the toilet. Well, yeah. I don't think he has a choice about telling anyone because she would have told her mother and sister at the very least. And they're also thinking that she's I think, I think they, th yeah, I think they reasonably threatened her whole family because otherwise it makes no sense this character would choose to disappear. Well, then that, and, like, then, destroy her life. Th then maybe we find that out and, and. Because then it she gets... doesn't even get Homeland or it's not like she was in love with him and then they get to be together and raise this kid. Like, she has to live Wait. alone with this superhuman. So I, I have another character I want to ask about. How do you guys feel about the transition of when we first meet the Deep? He's basically, like, a misogynist, sexual assaulter, rapist. That's, like, our pretty much our first interactions with him. And then over the course of the, of the season, they're trying to, like, make him sympathetic and humanize. And bad things happen to him. And he gets taken advantage of. And, like, are we uh, yeah, he gets, like, raped. Just hate him. Like, Here, oh. Here's my view on the deep. The deep to me, his bad behavior, in my view, should not like. I mean, it might get forgiven if he if he really changes as a character. But he strikes me as like a dumb, entitled, like pretty boy superhero who's like a dummy. Like he tries to save the dolphin, and then in one of the funniest scenes I've ever seen, oh my god, he gets the dolphin run over by a truck, and then he goes to try to save the lobster. That and was then... amazing. I yeah. laughed. So hard at that scene that the dolphin thing was just that was, that was very well done. It was, and, and to me, so to me, at the end, maybe as he's upset for being left out in this of the seven, maybe when he starts shaving his body hair and kind of redoing and redoing the scene from Pink Floyd's The Wall when the guy shaves everything off of himself, maybe he's going to go through some sort of cleansing, whatever. But at this point, he is not a good person or character back i was talking to shy about it yesterday and he was like it's as if james franco had superpowers like that's what he would end up being like in the seven yeah it's actually really that's a really good one but <laughs> I, like what what kind of bothered me about the scene where then he gets assaulted it's as if the producers of the show are going see now you can forgive him because the playing field is even he assaulted someone but then he got assaulted so now he understands i, I, I would like to ask him about that because that to me i mean it didn't make me sympathetic I, to him it i don't made know me... i don't think it's that straight i don't think that's straight that straightforward 
I think it's, I think they just, yeah, I, I think it is. I think they're saying, see, now you're going to like his character and we can make sure you like him because something bad happens back to him. So eye for an eye. So, and I like, it doesn't work that way, guys. So, so to, I think that's totally no, fair. No, I, I don't think, I, I'm not saying he can't grow and we can't learn to understand him better and he can't move on and we can't move on from that. I'm just saying that, like, I feel like they were trying to do a quick fix of, like, no, yeah. I, I don't think that they could expect you to like him because he's so dumb and like just so not doesn't get it because of that one scene where he gets assaulted. I think like you're going to have to really see a major change for anybody to give a shit about this character who's basically unredeemable. Well, I don't know. You know I, I mean, think, I think the way they're trying to redeem him is by saying, see, he's not smart and conniving. He's just a sweet dummy who wants to help. See, the I don't freak. think he's a sweet dummy. I think he's a dumb dummy who maybe will be helpful to the good guys later. But okay. I think what he's done, right, I exactly. think the way he's but done by it, accident. Yeah. To me, he's like a pathetic loser. To me, he's like Mike Dexter in can't hardly wait. Yeah, that's a good one. Like he I mean, yeah, I I mean, maybe over a season or two, he could. And, be. and we don't. And it, when Mike Dexter gets his come up in, we don't feel like all of a sudden, like he's our good guy. We're like, yeah, you deserve that. Like, fuck you. That's true. You know what I mean? And, and, yeah. Well, so anyways, okay. so 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 in general, I think one of the most important developments in the show is when you find out that these guys were not born and they were engineered and that as babies, basically, they were all abused. And that to me was really important because until then you're dealing with Butcher, who's this extremist who basically wants to kill all superheroes, no matter what they are. He doesn't trust any of them. Yeah. And then once you find out that they were basically babies that were experimented on, that allows you a heck of a lot more leeway to be with Jack Wade's character, Huey, in, like, giving them a chance on a case-by-case basis, essentially. And, yeah. s- and Starlight, giving, you know, giving, being the example, is, is, you know, the perfect example of someone who still is good and wants to be good. Uh, all right, and look- the complicated is Maeve, who you're, I feel like we're seeing her now. She started off good. She clearly went bad. And then now she's kind of, working out if she can turn good again in her mind and so her and I, more her than that i feel like, development like, will be like complicit like she, yeah I, I mean i don't think she's inherently no, bad because she wanted to save the people from the plane she's an sociopath she just became complicit and and is stuck but i think she's inherently a good a good person unlike like and, other characters who are bad or psychopaths i feel like you mix the words complacent and complicit into one but I, oh, but I think she yeah. becomes both. But I think she becomes both. She sort of go. just becomes. One word describes her both. She becomes like an alcoholic body. and detached Complacent. from her emotions. Yeah. And I think that, I, I mean, to me, her character, in my view, ultimately has to sacrifice herself. I don't think she can make it through the series because yeah, she I essentially agree. was a party to Homelander killing hundreds of innocent people. Yes. And. And I think that that's, that's going to break her eventually. I don't think she can just become a good guy and help. No, like, I agree. But what will be interesting in season two is watching her go through that of can I be good again? How do I redeem myself? And I think it will be a self-sacrifice. You're right. And I think, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so let's talk about A-Train because I think A-Train is really an interesting character. He... Um, he was a great villain. I don't find him that interesting. I don't find him that interesting. I find him kind of annoying. I, interesting. I thought he was kind of... I he was, yeah, I thought he was kind of annoying. 
He was a good villain. I really enjoyed when... Invisible Man is more interesting, I think. Oh, he was... that guy's the creepiest. And translucent. I really, I really enjoyed, though... No, a train or, or was film such a... noir. What's the guy's name? Black no, noir. Not interesting. We don't even know. Like, give what me is, something. I have nothing. What does he do? I well, can't believe the entire season went by. Rose and I. The entire season went by, and they didn't do anything with that character. But that's okay with me because that gives us a more room to learn about that character. He's an assassin. For sure. For I, sure. I really enjoyed when Moncur, the the young woman who they rescue. Breaks A Train's leg in half. Miko. I was so because A Train's character is so selfish and such a garbage person that he blames Huey for his girlfriend, whose girlfriend who he killed on purpose. He murders. He murders. No, he, he murdered both of their girlfriends. He was such a selfish person. Um, so that really bothered me. And um, what do you what do you think now? What do you, what do you think about this observation that I have, which is that the show is called The Boys. The Boys, as it's, at its more, which I, I wasn't sure if The Boys was the Boys Club of Superheroes or if The Boys was the actual heroes of the movie. It's the heroes of the movie that we're referring to, The Boys, which is uh, M.M., Frenchie, Butcher, and now Huey. What do you make of the fact that for a good part of the show, the good super the bad superheroes are definitely men the good heroes are men although i would say like aside for i mean i would say 50 50 on the moral compass um but that the good superheroes that you see starlight the monkers i'm gonna call her or or, and even kamiko kamiko because they don't list her as that in they list her as just the female in imdb oh interesting Uh, um and then like that the good superheroes like the ones that are truly good well, are women not. sometimes imdb sorry sometimes imdb doesn't want to give away spoilers with the names of characters that's fair so that's sometimes fair. imdb lists people like generically because you don't know if you're looking up if that's going to actually be a character and I, you didn't know if you were watching without knowing you i i when i finally realized like oh my god they're gonna have a superhero on their side who's a badass that's so cool but for like the, until i realized that it was a while where I was like, oh, what's well, going to happen what, with this character? What, what do you make of a show that's called The Boys about superheroes where the good superheroes are all women? I think it's cool. I no, think it's I, a little bit on, I think it's a little bit on the nose at times, and I'd like to see who else is able to make a choice to be good. What? I said I'd like to see if any of the male superheroes make a choice to be good at some point. Right. Well, it doesn't it doesn't look not looking good <laughs> for, for them. The only one maybe is the deep who like could maybe make a transformation, but I'm not ready to buy that. Well, I um, have a theory, and I, I haven't read the. We, yeah. Well, they talk about Lamplighter having incinerated right. her family, well, uh, Mallory's, Mallory's family. Family. Do we know if Lamplighter did it, or is it possible that? Homelander did it, and Lamplighter. Well, we don't know anything about Lamplighter. We know he retired. So exactly. there's another entire character that we know nothing about, and he may have quit because he was done with the bullshit. Like who knows? So the way we don't know anything about Black Noir, and we don't know anything about Lamplighter, there there's room to you know know more things. Can we please just for one second? I assume before we finish, um, talk about Haley Joel Osment. Yeah. Well. Man. Well, he was also in Lily. Did you watch Future Man? He was great in Future Man, also. No, I haven't. I don't have a way to watch Future Man. 
I can't see it. He's like uh like one of the you know main supporting characters in Future Man and like a and uh, I'm I saw him pop up and Vlad and I were like yes more Haley Joel he's coming back. I want to see him in all my like random streaming TV shows now. And then he gets his head like broken to bits. Like yeah. that was super yeah. gross. He- he Gross. gets his head smashed in. That was very he had a weird. Nice yeah. But he, yeah, yeah, he does tell all the boys. So, all right. What'd you get? Let's quickly do MVP, L- LVP, and then your MIP throughout the season. So, who who evolved the most over the season? I would say the one the the most evolved is Homelander. Because at the beginning, like, I could not really believe the amount of, like, how crazy and psychotic he is. Like, how, how complex his psychosis is. So he was just, like, kind of, like, this creepy superhero that obviously wasn't as good as he appeared to be. But by the end, you're, like, when he nearly breastfeeds and, like, there's a whole thing. And Allie, during that scene, Allie starts yelling at the TV. Allie starts yelling at the TV during that scene. If there's breastfeeding in this show, I'm turning it off. And I and my answer so was adult breastfeeding. Adult, adult breastfeeding. I see what she meant. Yeah. And in and I was like, look, in the post Game of Thrones world, there could be breastfeeding. Adult, adult breastfeeding. I, on the I, show. I, because Vlad's reaction was Vlad's reaction was, huh? Man, have the balls to really do it. <laughs> That's what I said. I was yelling at the TV, like, do it, do it, do it. Breastfeed. breastfeed him. And he was like, ah, what a bunch of wimps. Yeah, really I was so glad, glad we were um, we were spared. All right, so who's your MVP of the show, Lil? Um, I think Butcher. I just love every time he's on the screen. Like he, like I, I, I like Huey. He's great, but he's kind of dumb still. And even though Butcher's not always right, he's so charismatic. Um, Carl Urban is is just a great character. I do find his accent changes a bit during the show. It started off Australian. The first two Australian? episodes. He was Australian in the first oh episode. Oh, thank God I mentioned it because Ho- yeah. I said to Jose, oh, that's cool that he's Australian. I I said it's cool that he's Australian. Um, that's interesting. And then, like, halfway through the show, he says, blimey. And I'm they like, wait, what? A cockney accent halfway. On, on, by at episode three, they made him cockney. And I bet you anything, the showrunners were like, Americans aren't going to know the difference. Just make it British. Bet you. 100% um, happened. Right? Like, okay, yeah. that wasn't just me. And then I, like, you know what? I never mind. I often confuse Australian and British accents. I'm not, I don't have the best year for accents. And Jose was like, I'm only reading the subtitles, and I'm pretty sure he's no longer Australian. <laughs> he's like, now he's British. That's weird. And I was like, wait, that's hilarious that they did that. But yeah, he, I find he's like, yeah. And then um, him and maybe like a combination of him, MM, and Frenchie when they're together are my MVP. I know that's against the rules, but I love that combo of the three of them. And um, my LVP is A Train. All right, back. How about you? Um, my MVP is Frenchie. I think he's really. I like his like little bit of backstory. I think he's very like quirky and charming. And this is like all these little like every time I'm on, I'm like, oh, what new like quirky thing is Frenchie gonna have for us now? Like, what kind of weird weapons can he build or omelets can he make? Um, so I like him. I find him very adorable. Um, my LVP. 
I kind of agree is a train. I, I actually find him the least interesting character. Um, you do it. It just feels, it just feels, um, the writing with him so far feels lazy. Like I, it's not, doesn't seem like a new character to me. Um, a guy who's just very worried about not being the best or the fastest. So he'll go to extreme measures to make sure he is okay. Nothing I haven't seen before. And my most evolved, I don't know that there's that much evolution. <laughs> I don't know that I have one. I'd have to really think. Uh, maybe it was like Elizabeth Shue because I think, again, her character was not actually as straightforward as you assumed it to be. Um, and so she she ended up being a little bit more interesting than than I or than I originally expected. At first, I thought she was just afraid of Homelander, and then I realized she actually has this weird paradynamic. And then she is evil, but corporate evil, not like evil going to actually try and murder a bunch of people. Evil, you know, like she's so she was a little bit more interesting. That's it. Okay, my MVP is Homelander. I love that Anthony Starr is in another show. I think. The fact that he is so terrifying. Really, MVP. As, as far as the character and the and the actor, like Anthony Anthony Starr, who was the lead in Banshee, who played such a different character, to me, is part of what makes this all work. And otherwise, it otherwise a lot of it is the same. But his whole crazy god complex and how terrifying and menacing he is. And the, his, that actor, I mean, that actor's commitment to the character, I love I love that he's in this and I love him in it. The My LVP, I'm going to go with you guys, A-Train. He's just the, he's the worst person in that group. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, Homelander's a bad guy, but A-Train, like, is sort of has, has an opportunity for choices and is still a terrible person. And then my most improved is Frenchie. When Frenchie first came on the screen, I did not like him. And now I really love him. So that's where I am with that. Okay. Uh, why don't you? Why don't we all quickly say our social media stuff? And if you have any shout-outs or recommendations before we hop off, since we we got to go pretty deep today, but it's time to wrap oh. up. Lily, how about you? Where can people follow you? And do you have any recommendations? Um, people can follow me, Chichi K Gomez, Chichi K Gomez on Twitter. Um, and my Rex. I would say it's Killing Eve season two. It just finished. It's a bit, you know, weird. So you have to kind of um, be into that, that it's uh, a bit weird and glow. I'm loving season three. Cool. So uh, that's me. All right, Becky, where can people follow you? And I apologize oh. for the wind. I'm like on a, in a mountain, on a mountain in Portugal. So I apologize um, for the wind. So just stay on the line one more minute. Um, you can follow me at Paper BK Princess on Twitter, but I forgot to share some pretty huge news at the beginning of this episode. Um, it's a big one for me. And it's that I uh, I need to give Lily... Oh, it's painful, but it's a big one. I need to give Lily an I told you show. Like a oh, huge, my God. This is a historic moment. It's a historic moment. Oh, my God. Biggest news of the year. Um, and Fleabag. It's going to be Fleabag. It's I told you show for Fleabag. I, the first couple of laps, I was like, I don't like this character. This show's, like, annoying. Blah, blah, blah. It's so good. I don't even know what to do with it. And the first episode of season two, I will tell you, will go down as one of my all-time favorite half an hours of television. That, as just a capsule episode, is 
genius. Did you say you said the, the last episode of season two, right? No, the first episode of season two to me, the oh, dinner. Oh, the, the dinner is one of the most amazingly okay. written shot and then the way the, the it's shot throughout the this this like it's so I, I can't even deal with it. It's you, you finished season two? You talk about yeah I finished it. You talk about yeah. character development shy. That is a mo- that is a show sorry I nodded season. off when you guys talked about Fleabag again. No, trust me, the first like scene of the first episode you're like, ugh, I'm not gonna want to watch this character. So interesting how she evolves her very quickly over the course of these two right. seasons. I, uh, and I they don't have like two the seasons. They're doing more. They're not doing yeah, more. Just I, also, I also feel like, well, it comes from a play. Like a one well, she's woman like, this is this character's play. story. Her story is over. I'm not continuing the show just to make more episodes. And I respect that so much. Um, I also think the last episode of season two, like the, the series finale, if you will, the end of the play yeah. is brilliant. The first episode of season two is one of the best half hours. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad you liked it. I knew you would. Yeah. I knew you would. It's brilliant. Yeah, and to tie things together, she created Killing Eve. Just a yeah, yeah, it's true. It is true. She was the showrunner on season one of Killing Eve. Oh, and one more thing, guys, before we get shy social media, doing a little IMDbing. Guess who's going to direct or who directed an episode of The Mandalorian? Elizabeth Banks. Taika Waititi. Yeah, so another reason we have to now watch wow. it. Lily and Becky surprise ending, super all in on the Mandalorian. Uh, I went to see Blinded by the Light last <laughs> night, the movie about the oh, young pa- the Pakistani it? kid in in London who falls in love with the music of Bruce Springsteen. It is on one hand a pretty straightforward coming of age story, tensions between generations movie. And then on the other hand, because they incorporate not just the music of Springsteen, but they do it in these almost fanciful, creative ways. And they capture that feeling of just loving a particular artist. Like, I don't know if you went through different phases, you guys, where you just love an artist and love their poetry and they speak to you. And those moments in the movie are really, really strong when him and his friends are just when he and his friends are just enjoying it and and being being influenced by it. It's a half. It's a funny movie in that it's it's probably a half hour too long, and the ending feels really rushed at the same time. So, so I would say like it's not a perfect movie, but but the acting in it is off the charts. I don't think I think everyone who's in it is terrific, particularly the gentleman who plays the 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 kid's father. He was fantastic. Um, the, uh, directed by the same woman that did Bend It Like Beckham. Oh yeah, okay. That that um, that makes That's sense. Right. That makes sense. So. Uh, I would also love to give a shout out to the Take Two podcast guys. I got to co-host an episode this week, episode 149 uh, of their main show. I got to host with Brian Stever, a friend of the podcast, a member of the Friday Night Movie family. Who I'm not jealous. Was, I'm jealous. was, was on our, was on our All-Star Comic Con. I, I didn't ask Brian to be on my podcast, so it's fine. <laughs> Whatever, Anyways, Brian. if you would like a full two hours of Brian and me going through uh, everything from lots of Hollywood news to Veronica Mars to even a little bit about wrestling, check out the Take Two podcast in general. I love it. And Take Two podcast episode 149 because that's the one that I got to co-host. And then last but not least, I have been watching this very kind of it's a parody movie called The Purge of Kingdoms that our cousins actually helped produce, which is pretty cool. Uh, Galit and Eli, they helped produce. 
and uh, uh, it is it is definitely raunchy, super R-rated. It makes fun of Game of Thrones. If you like Game of Thrones the way I do, but also think some things in the show are just completely stupid, this really brings those stupid things to the forefront and makes them very, very funny. So I am very much enjoying it. Uh, it is definitely along the lines of like not another teen movie and and the uh, Meet the Spartans, like that kind of that kind of raunchy parody comedy. And it has Lou Ferrigno and Angus McFadden, who was in Braveheart, who played Robert the Bruce in Braveheart. So I've been watching that. And then last but not least. A shout out. I'm going to show this up on the camera for you guys. A shout out to my dear friend, Brandon, my neighbor, my in case of emergency contact, who gave me a whole bunch of movie soundtrack vinyls from his uncle's collection, including this one of a movie called The Night the Lights Went Out in Georgia, which stars Dennis Quaid, father of Jack Quaid from The Boys and the great Mark Hamill. And when I tweeted a picture of this to Mark Hamill on Twitter and asked him if he sings on this album, he responded. So Mark Hamill responded to me on Twitter because of this record. Now, it was a one-word answer where he said no, but still, getting, still a little, get, progress. getting some Mark Hamill attention on Twitter is always a good thing. All right, you can follow me at pancake 4 table and all the Friday Night Movie shenanigans at Friday Night Movie on Twitter and Instagram. And music in our theme song is from What Does It Eat? And uh, time to sign off. Bye, guys. Love you. Love you. Bye. Bye. Love you. Bye. All right, gang. Catch you later. Wait, I have a question. I have, I have a question. What's your question? What? Two things. Number one is... How VA... did we lose my mother-in-law in Portugal? No, no, no. Number one is V8... That's is what I asked myself. Is V8 technically tomato juice? No, it's vegetable juice. It's vegetable juice with a tomato base. But is there it's a separate vegetable. thing that is tomato juice or are all tomato yeah. juice V8? No, tomato juice is tomato juice, and then V8 is vegetable juice that's mostly tomato-based. It has eight vegetables in it, hence the V8. V8 Splash is the fruit version. Ew, nobody knows about that. I do. It's the upgrade of Five Alive. Do you remember Five Alive? Oh, yeah. Was that only in Canada? That had had, like, orange juice, apple juice, grape juice, pineapple, and... Like yeah. kiwi or something what? like that. Is is Sunny D still a thing? Probably. Yes. And then my other question is, on on the tomato juice V eight front, did you ever feel like V eight was secretly like a Canadian thing? No, I was always on airplanes, and I feel like it was an adult drink though. Like I felt very adult when I would order it. <laughs>